welcome to episode number 30 of the Solo Women RV podcast. I'm your host, Kathy Belge. This week on the podcast, my guest is Michelle Colson from Remote Rebellion. Michelle is a former recruiter turned remote work advocate. She specializes in helping people find remote employment or helps them take their current job with them on the road. This is the third week in my series all about working from your RV. So let's listen in. All right. Well, Michelle, Michelle Coulson, thank you so much for being a guest this week on the Solo Women RV podcast. Uh, you are my first guest that I've interviewed who's actually in Bali. So it's, it's wonderful to chat with you. Hi, Kathy. It's nice, nice to be here. Thanks for asking me to come on. Yeah. So this is actually the third in a series of podcasts that I'm doing about work on the road. And I know that you're an expert in helping people set up remote jobs for themselves. So do you want to just tell me a little bit about maybe your background and also about your business remote rebellion? Yeah, of course. Um, so I am a recruiter by trade. I've been in recruitment for the past eight years. I kind of fell into it as a lot of people do. My, my, um, my passion was traveling and I was in the travel industry for a little while before, but that wasn't paying what I wanted it to. So I got into recruitment for the money initially and then ended up really liking it and being good at it. Mm. Uh, but I, I got a little bit sick of working so much on behalf of the companies and, and having a focus on what they're looking for. And I really enjoyed, especially when I was working with, you know, juniors and interns, actually helping them guide them into their career and, and, and helping them to get jobs. So I, I, I guess that led me on to a bit of a discovery in terms of how, what other things I could do to help people, but still use my skill set. Um, and, on, you know, on the traveling side, I've, I've been a lover of traveling for, for years and years and years. Uh, I actually lived in a, in a motorhome in an RV myself and that, oh, yay! <laughs> I loved it, except I didn't listen to everyone when they told me that it was a bit, going to be a bit too cold, uh, in the UK in winter. Oh <laughs> I get yeah. That later, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that kind of, um, gave me a little bit of a taster of working remote and being able to wake up in a different place every day or every week, whenever I wanted to. And I came to Bali whilst working for a company and then quickly realized that it wasn't what I wanted to do. And I wanted to, to help people to find remote jobs and live a life that I, you know, I'd been semi doing and not, and wanted to do more of. Yeah. So, so yeah. Okay. So now I'm a, I'm a remote job coach. I help people to find remote jobs and, and use my expertise in recruitment to do so. So helping them with resumes, with uh, cover letters, showing them where remote job opportunities are and, and how they can put their best foot forward and apply and, and avoid that kind of black hole of applications that a lot of people get into. That's awesome. And isn't that, I just think it's incredible how sometimes we just sort of head down this path and we don't know how all the the skills that we're gathering, how they can come together to just create this job of our dreams, really. So, yeah. Exactly. yeah. Expect it to be this much fun and actually really get a lot out of it as well as actually being able to help people as well. Yeah, this is great. A great little niche you have there. So I'm excited to dive a little bit more into this. I kind of want to focus. There's lots of ways to be remote, a remote worker, but I kind of want to dive in here with you to talk since, especially since you work a lot with businesses and recruiters about how people can set them out uh, themselves up for success to land either, either land a job 
that they can do remotely or convince if they like their current job, how to convince their boss to let them take that on the road. So why don't we start there? If somebody has a job, they like it. What are some things that they can do to convince their employer that they could do this from the road? Yeah, well, I I think the first thing, a lot of people feel like they need to do something when they need to step back a little bit and actually think a little bit differently. And it's a mindset shift. A lot of people feel like they're being a burden to their companies and they're asking for a lot when really what they, they should flip it the other side and realize their value to a company. So if they're already working for somewhere, then there's a need that they're filling for that company. So it's a two-way street. They're getting paid, but they're also adding value to that company. So shift the mindset from thinking, oh, I'm being a burden. I'm asking for too much. You're not asking for too much. If we don't stand up and ask for what we want, you know, lots of stuff in history would never have changed. Hence the the company name Remote Rebellion, because it feels like we're at this stage now where companies are asking people to come back into the office. And we need to kind of stand up against that because like, why? We've been doing it this way for the past two years why can't we continue to do that there's so many studies that have shown productivity has has been up since people have worked remotely so that's one of the ways to shift the mindset shift the the mindset and also think about the value that you add and find a way to make your employer uh, see that so Find some data points of how productive you've been when working from home if you've done that during the pandemic. Um, have a look at the, maybe there's quite a number of people that have left the company because they want to work remotely. You know, they it costs a lot of money for companies to hire new staff. So think again about the value that you are, would add, how much more productive and happy you would be in that role and think about the benefits of the company. That's a great way to, to frame it. Thanks for answering it that way. That's a really great way. And you also touched on the pandemic a bit. Do you feel like from your experience, people are having an easier time uh, getting yes to the answer of, of going fully remote? I'd say 100% yes in comparison to, let's say, this time three years ago. Mm-hmm. However, there's still a lot of stubborn companies. And my um, my theory on that is it's either to do with a company's fear or ego. They're either they want to watch over their staff and they want to have that control, or it's the fear of, well, we've always done it like this. Let's just go back to normal. Mm. Okay. Yeah. And so I know uh, you spent some time working from your RV. You want to tell me a little bit about how that came to be? Yeah, of course. Um, it came from a bad breakup. <laughs> so I um, was, it's a, it's a bit of a long story, but I was, I was due to be married and I decided two months before the wedding that it wasn't the right decision. Um, and it was really, you know, really sad time for me and it was you know, heartbreaking, but I, I wanted to do something that I knew the person I was with at the time would never have agreed to and never wanted from mm. our life. And it was something I want because I crave adventure and I realized I hadn't had as much of it while I was with that person. Mm. So it was kind of like a fingers up to the person, I'm going to do this anyway. Yeah. Um, and I bought the, I, I bought a motorhome as we call them in the UK uh, on a bit of a whim and I called her Foxy Bay and she was the best thing I ever bought. Yeah. For two years, I I, I I didn't live in her for two years, but I worked from her for, um, for, for about two years. And yeah, it was one of the best things I ever did. Uh, I, I think the worst decisions I could have had was actually going to, to Spain and Portugal with a new partner in the motorhome and trying to share my share Foxy Bay with someone else. Oh, 
<laughs> not a good idea. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so what were some of the things, lessons that you learned? Uh, you talked a little bit about your life lessons and I love to normally dump it, jump into those kinds of conversations on this podcast, but for here, we're kind of focusing about work. So let's, some of the things you learned about what it takes to be successful working from a motorhome. Sure. Um, definitely having a backup uh, mobile um, broadband or, or wireless. Um, having that Wi-Fi backup was super important. So having enough, if it's mobile data on my phone, not just relying on being able to find a spot with Wi-Fi, especially during the pandemic, you couldn't just mm-hmm. rock up to a cafe and, and hope for Wi-Fi. So having having a, a, a mobile data point as well as my 3G on my phone was super important. And I'm not much of a planner, but I had to become much better at planning. So if I was going to a new spot, checking it out a few hours before I had a call, for example, to check mm-hmm. that there was actually decent signal and that I could have that connection. And also remembering about my backdrop, just having a, a plain white backdrop mm. behind looked like I was working from a caravan, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so you mentioned a little bit about having a good backup. I want to know like what kind of equipment that you had and, and what would you recommend to somebody now who's, who's wanting to do this? Yeah, it really wasn't that... Um, I, I wasn't very prepared, if I'm honest. And I, I, if I was to do that again, I, w- I would do things a little bit differently because I, I didn't really have a comfortable seating in there. So that was a bit of an issue. But mm. I, having like a neck stand and having a, a, a double screen, even though it takes up a lot of space, I found I was more productive with those kind of items. Mm. Um, and having uh, what's called a, I think it's called a MiFi, uh, having a mobile yep. data. I, having one of those was super important okay. and, and just making sure that there was enough lighting as well. I found again in, in this typical RV, cause it was an old school one, the lighting in there was terrible. So I would have had an external one and made, made sure that I had enough um, battery in the solar as well. So preparation and thinking about those things beforehand, I maybe could have done a lot better. At, at. Yeah. What kind of RV were you in? It was a Suntour. Like, so it was a, um, I think it was a 19, 19- 1996, like full birth. It was a, it was a pretty beast one. (laughs) Ah, Awesome. (laughs) You, you mentioned not having a good workstation and not having the, you know, the, the double monitors and whatnot. And, and one of my questions for you is, it was kind of like, is it realistic to think someone could work 40 hours a week from an RV? Yeah. Um, Okay. I, I did it. And, um, during the pandemic, again, it was it was harder because there weren't co-working spaces and cafes I could have gone to. But now I don't think people need to work 40 hours a week in their RV because there's plenty of places that you could stop along the way, such as a cafe, such as a, yeah. a co-working space to to mix with other people and actually have a different setting. Yeah. But I did work 40 hours a week for two months in an in, a, in an RV. And, and whilst there was improvements I would like to make, it was completely comfortable and I was happy. Okay. So definitely something for people to think about is what their setup is and think about sitting in that position for eight hours a day. Like what's it going to be like if they, if they are thinking they're going to work specifically from their, their van or RV. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Anything else that you learned that you think would be valuable? In terms of working from an RV? Yeah. 
<laughs> the um, make sure that you you're parking somewhere level because it can be a bit of a pain if you're trying to work and then you've got a glass of water on the side and then it only takes someone moving in the other side. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then also if you're if you're not alone in the RV, making sure the person that you're you, you know cohabiting with that you're not on the on the same schedules where you're both trying to have a phone call at the same time. Oh yeah. Got calls, so having that conversation before and maybe tying in your calendars um, can be a really good practical thing to do. Yeah, that can be a, an issue, and even people who are working from home now or their kids are in school and all that stuff. So, yeah, but so I think people are used to figuring that kind of stuff out right now. <laughs> do you have any other tips for somebody who wants to convince their uh, their current job that they can do this from the road? Any tips that you didn't speak to? I liked your answer, but I just wanted to make sure there wasn't something else you wanted to touch on. I, I think the main tips would be to actually show, that, again, showing them the value to them of what you work remotely. So remember, it's not all about you. Show them the value. So show them any data points where you have been more productive whilst working remotely. Um, and and studies around happiness leads to more productivity. So mm-hmm. things pointing out all of the benefits to the employer and to also to remote work in general rather than just trying to push your case push the case for remote working in general and who and how would you suggest presenting that like going to your boss or to hr or you got a powerpoint here you show up with all your your excel sheets (laughs) about your data like so how would you recommend just bringing up this conversation so the first part of call would be to go to your line manager and to express your, you know, your unhappiness, if that's the case. If you're unhappy in your current state, if you if you need to be by the sea or you want to be able to hike on your lunch break or you, you want to be with a partner that lives on the other side of the country or world, express these areas of like your unhappiness and that it's affecting your, your work and you see a resolution in this and this is the resolution. And if you've got a good understand, a good relationship with your, your line manager, they not only want you to be happy, but they're going to want you to be more productive as well. So it's a benefit to them. So if that's the first part of call, and a lot of companies or line managers will state tax implications or legalities around not allowing you to work remotely you you can you can go to them with many solutions as to how they can be resolved there's companies Mm. that cover that side of it they're called employee records they cover all of that so that companies don't need to worry about that so there's an answer for everything okay as as my mom always used to say if you don't ask you don't get yeah that's that's i love your mama great advice (laughs) great advice all right so now let's talk about trying to land one of these jobs so first of all do you recommend any resources for people to seek out to look for remote specific jobs? Yeah, there's many. And I think once people start to look and start to surround themselves with companies and resources that are in the remote space or work from anywhere space, it's funny. Now I've got to the point where I'm like, Oh, do people actually work in offices? Is that a thing? (laughs) (laughs) Um, so there's many remote job boards uh, on my website. I've got a list of free resources that people can mm. access, um, a, a list of uh, remote first companies and remote job boards that they can that they, they can have a look at. And I, 
we've got an extensive list as well um, that people who sign up to my program can, can have a look at as well. But they're, they're good places to look at. But and also to start following some relevant people on um, on LinkedIn. So there's there's quite mm. a few work advocates. And you can do a simple search into into LinkedIn or Facebook and find those kind of groups. Also. The Slack communities, uh, digital nomad Slack communities, where you can surround yourself the same as like the RV world, you know, once you actually get immersed in it, yeah. you're surrounded by those people. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah, that's good advice. That's actually how I found you was through LinkedIn. Yeah. So yeah, that's good advice. advice. Good, good advice. All right. I'll link to some of the resources on your website where people can go and look for remote jobs. What are some things people can do to make themselves stand out from other applicants? So the main way to stand out from other applicants is to match your application to the language in a company's uh, job spec. So if you're calling yourself an account manager and the the client is calling them a customer success customer success manager, calling the role a customer success mm-hmm. manager. Use their terminology. If they're asking for someone who is organized and proactive, and you're an organized and proactive person, mention that in your application and 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 put the words that they use. I'm not saying that you should lie and make up words that don't uh, rely to you, but if you would call yourself um, sharp and they call and they're looking for someone who is clever, use that use their word. Don't mm. use your and speak their language. Okay. That's great advice. And so do you recommend redoing your resume every time you apply for a job? Yes and no. I know that the the right way is, uh, or the best way to do that is to do that. I, I'm, I'm sitting on the fence on that one because okay. as a recruiter in the past, it almost seems a bit um, disingenuous when people, when you can tell someone's completely tailored their, their resume or CV to your job. Whereas I almost want to see well, who are you in general, generally speaking, what are your, your, your strengths? So on one side, I say yes. On the other side, I say, uh, no, I can't quite make my mind up. Okay. All right. <laughs> so a little of this, a little of that, I guess. Right. Yeah. I often, I often compare recruitment to dating. I think there's a lot of similarities and to a certain degree, you're never your full self on the first date, but you're, you're equally, you're not going to just tell the person what they want to hear just yeah. because you want them to like you. That's a good analogy. I like, that. <laughs> I like that. Are there any specific jobs that you think particularly lend themselves well to remote work? Yes and no. Like there's some real um, generic ones such as software engineer, um, you know, graphic designer, illustrator, but it seems more and more now. And I don't know if that's just because of the world I'm surrounded in, but roles that were once deemed oh no you've got to be in person such as a project manager or a ux designer or customer service or it support companies have realized that they can they can these people can do this remotely and in order to to get a wider pool of candidates more companies are realizing the importance of allowing these to be remote the 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 pandemic has really been the, the best experiment in showing how you can do things and using things such as Loom, I think, is a, an amazing tool uh, that you can use for asynchronous working, things like Miro. You know, there's some really good tools that you can use that mimic that in-person. Let me show mm. you, point to a finger to something of this is how we do things. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's great. Um, so let's say I'm getting ready to hit the road in a year and, and I want to find a job. 
Is there any particular like kind of training or uh, a certification or something that you think would be beneficial? Not specific to remote work. I would say instead of an official certification, build your skills that are valuable to a particular company or an employer. So think about what you've got already. Um, think about what you want to do. And one of the tasks I actually go through with my clients in the first session is what do you like? What are you good at? Um, what do you want to do? What don't you want to do? And, and, go, and, and it's a really good task for you to go over yourself and find roles that fit into that. And, and if you don't already know what you want to do, and you don't want to continue doing what you're, you're already doing, find out what it is that you need in order to, to be attractive to an employer or to that company. Okay, great. Can someone make as much money working in a remote position as they can working? Yes. Yeah. Okay. hundred percent. If, if, if not more sometimes, because if you think about it, if someone's you earning a U.S. salary and they're based in, um, you know, they're based in Mexico, they're going to have, yeah. they, they might not earn more money, but they're definitely going to have a better cost of living. Uh, lower cost of living. Yeah, that's a good point. And a, a lot of, a lot of times the RV lifestyle can be a lower cost of living, but not necessarily yeah. depending on how you travel, price of gas, <laughs> yes, <that's> uh, <laughs> the kind of places you like to stay, you know, that kind of thing. So it's not necessarily cheaper, but it can be. Yeah. Um, so if I were to look at myself and to do like a self-assessment, what kind of characteristics do you think make someone a good candidate to do remote work? Someone who is a, a strong communicator. So someone mm -hmm. who understands the importance of the written word or actually jumping on a, on a video call to demonstrate something. If you're not communicating and you're just heads down on your own task, and you're not able to work with the team when you're not physically present, it can either become frustrating to your coworkers or it's actually counterproductive. So really that those communication skills when you're not in front of people all the time is really, really important. Oh, okay. That's great. I hadn't thought of that before, but yeah, that's, that's a really good point. Yeah. <laughs> let's hear more. Let's hear it. Cause I was going to also say conversely, like who wouldn't do like what wouldn't do well, but let's hear some more about some of the other things that make someone good, a good remote employee. Yeah. Being able to work asynchronously. So I know I struggled with that when I first started remotely, because I like to just pick up the phone with someone and say, Hey, um, quick, quick question, give us a quick answer, which when I worked with developers, they hated me because they were like, stop bothering me. We're trying to get our heads down and do stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, so learning how to write up something or do a recording so that someone can then review that when they're online and that you don't need to have that instant communication because you're on different time zones with people. So that's a learning curve and that's something you can definitely learn to be better at. So I can write instructions out that won't have many follow-up questions needed and just to properly document the things and the process that I'm going through. Oh, okay. That's great. Anything else? Yeah, I'd say sales and marketing <laughs> because there's more competition um, for remote jobs. There's, I guess, the, it's a candidate-driven market at the minute in a lot of industries. So mm. this is a great time to actually go and demand what you want from from your work-life balance because there's there's more there's more um, there's more jobs in the tech space, for example, than there are that's qualified people. It obviously depends on what you do, but this is a time in which you should be able to to sell and to market yourself. 
So those kind of skills, whilst you might not necessarily be a salesperson, having sales and marketing skills and knowledge will will do you well in every kind of industry. That's good. Yeah, here definitely here in the US, there's a lot more jobs than there are uh, people to fill those jobs. So it is a good opportunity for any kind of work for people to be looking for a job right now. Yeah, so sure. definitely let's take advantage of that. Now's a good time to do that. So if I, let's say, okay, I decide I'm going to try for this remote work and I do my research and I send my resumes in and I have all those keywords and I, and I get my interview. Mm-hmm. What are some key things, uh, kind of questions that I should be prepared to answer, I guess, specifically to the remote work piece? Yeah, good question. I guess that's going to be around time zone. So a lot of people, a lot of companies will, will want to know what time zone you're able to work to. And it's about knowing your boundaries as well. So I think you should set your boundaries before going into this mm-hmm. and think about what hours am I realistically okay with doing? And that means, you know, is it 40 hours a week? Is it 50? Am I willing to do a, a meeting at midnight if I'm able to maybe get a, a random midweek day off? Do I, am I willing to work weekends? So those kind of questions you should have answered in your head beforehand. Think about flexibility on both sides though. Okay, so maybe I'll have to work the odd Saturday, but maybe I'll be able to, to take a, a random Tuesday off and do something midweek and when the shops mm-hmm. aren't busy or whatever it yeah. is that you do. So think about the, the hours as a, as a question. That'll be an important one. And they may ask about your setup as well. So if you do want to be on the road and that is something that comes up in the interview, some people who maybe don't understand about RV living will be like, as if you're not, you're not going to have any internet. You're not going to have a good place to work mm-hmm. from. It's not going to be productive. So have a think about that beforehand and how you may answer that. It's, it's unlikely to come up unless that you've told them about your ideas, yeah. but it's something that you should be prepared to think about anyway, even if they don't ask that in an interview. Yeah, that's a good point. And there's definitely examples of people out there who are doing it. So you can point to those kinds of people as well. Yeah, exactly. And then if, if I wanted to do this and let's say I got this job interview, um, what kind of questions might I want to ask? You did point to some of them around schedule and whatnot. Any other things? Yeah, I I would ask, do you mean um, more on the remote side or just in general? Well, I mean, it's always good to ask questions, of course, when you're being interviewed uh, at the end, but I meant specifically like around the remote stuff. I've, a lot of companies, and, and it's much to my frustration, I'm always ranting about it on LinkedIn. They say that the roles are remote when they're remote, but you must come into the office once a month. or mm. you must. So really drill down, unless they've made it explicitly clear, how often will I be required to come into the office if they have an office? Um, that would be one of my key questions. Another would be to ask whether the majority of the team are based at the minute or whether distributed, because that will give you a good idea of how many late night, early morning meetings you might have to do. If you're based in the US and most of the team is, is in Australia, there's more than likely going to need to be some crossover. So that would be a follow-up question. You know, what will the crossover hours need to be? Gotcha. Yeah, there's also, I'd, I'd ask about home setup as well. A lot of companies, and this is something you've maybe asked later on down the line, not the first stage interviews. A lot of companies pay to do a remote work setup. So they'll pay like $2,000 or something to, to really make sure you've got a proper desk or chair or, mm. or anything like that. Um, and 
but also I would ask what uh, restrict if, if any there are any restrictions on where you can work from so some may only want you to work remotely from the US or remotely from Europe uh, that's important to get answered as well yeah okay good answers good answers awesome Michelle, thank you so much. This has been so valuable. If people want to dive in deeper and get in touch with you, where's the best place for them to reach out to you and, and talk to you more about what you offer and what you can do for people? Yeah, sure. Thanks, Kathy. Um, I'd say that the best place is, is my website. I've got the most uh, information. So remoterebellion.com. And I'm on Instagram. They can check out me on that. Shell is remote, as in Shell the on a beach. Okay. <laughs> and then so on, on LinkedIn, uh, Michelle Coulson. So I, I write a few articles and post a few jobs. So people can sign up to my newsletter and you'll get free remote jobs that you can work from anywhere and you get those sent every week. Oh, cool. That's awesome. I'd love to check that out. Great. Is there anything that I didn't ask you that you think is important that people should know? I guess not necessarily that you should have asked me, but I think people will often weigh up whether they should do something like this. So if people are considering, oh, should I buy an RV? Should I rent an RV and go and travel and work remotely? I, I just retort back, why not? Like, what's the worst that can happen? Mm-hmm. You hate it and then you go back to your life. So what what did you lose? Yeah. Maybe a, a little bit of money. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's only money, you know? Yeah. Like it's, um, you can earn it again. And I know everyone's situation is different, but I, I almost, I can guarantee most people are not going to come back and say, I wish I didn't do that. Yeah, I think you're right. I love that. Thanks, Michelle. I really appreciate it. You coming on. It's been a great conversation. I really want to thank Michelle for being my guest this week on the podcast. Here are my key takeaways. Number one, If you're thinking about asking your boss to let you take your current job on the road, don't think of it as just something you're asking for. Consider the skills and the value that you bring to the company. Number two, planning is much more important when you're working from your RV. You need to make sure the area has good cell reception, that your devices are all charged, that you're in a level spot or you can have good solar or power if you need to plug into power. Number three, if you're gonna be on your computer all day, make sure you have a comfortable seating area, good lighting, and an ergonomic setup in your RV. Investing in these things will pay off in the long run. Number four, to stand out from other applicants, match the company's language in your resume and cover letter. And number five, now is a great time to ask what you want from your employer if you're looking to take your job remote. There's more jobs than there are workers and employers are more than willing to listen to our requests at this time. Thanks so much for listening to the Solo Women RV podcast. You can find more content for Solo Women RVers over at solowomenrv.com. And if you like what you heard today, please consider becoming a podcast sponsor. These details can be found over at anchor.fm slash Kathy hyphen Belge. And if you've heard something today that you think someone else could benefit from, please share this episode with them or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Solo Women RV Podcast theme music is Field Station by Nicole Potolsky. 
And until next week, we'll see you out there on the road. Oh,